You ready? It's about that time. You're listening to Hoop Waves with Marlena Rodriguez. Hey everyone, what's up Hoop listeners? I hope everyone is doing great um, during these tough times and I'm so glad to talk to you guys because I'm so excited to have this person on Hoop Waves and for you guys to listen to and get advice and you know just a whole learning experience and this man is a successful person um, mostly through coaching. He's a head coach. He's I don't, he wears many hats, just as you may know, um, because coaching does so many different aspects. But I'm so great to welcome head coach Torino Johnson, Cal State LA women's basketball. Welcome, coach. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, first of all, I just want to, um, of course, say how are you doing? How's your family and um, loved ones and everyone? Yeah, everyone is in high spirits right now. And so... Um, they're dealing with COVID-19 mm-hmm. uh, to the best of their abilities and staying out of harm's way, uh, which is allowing everyone to maintain, uh, you know, a, a high level of health. And so right. um, mentally, I think that's where, you know, the uh, the struggle begins because everyone's uh, routine has been disrupted. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, you know, just checking in on loved ones and, and close friends and mm-hmm. making sure that mentally they're doing well. Yeah. That's, that's well, been my focus. That's good. And, you know, and the key thing that a lot of people have said is staying positive um, as much as possible, right. looking at the bright side of things. So that's great to, to hear that. So you're a successful person. I'm sure you've had your downs and ups throughout <laughs> throughout your coaching career. But let's talk about that. What made you get into coaching? I think um, sometimes you, you you do certain things, and um, in this particular case, this profession chose me. Okay. Um, it wasn't something that I just mapped out and said, okay, from day one, I want to coach. Yeah. Um, one of the characteristics for me personally is I enjoy helping people. So um, my background as a teacher and an educator mm-hmm. helped me make this decision. Um, I must, uh, by trade, I used to be a special education teacher. And that uh, kind of pushed me towards coaching because there was an opening at the school I was uh, teaching at. Oh, wow. And so the opening was like uh, lower divisions. It, it wasn't, oh, you're the head coach of some Right. program it was cross off you know ninth and tenth graders who uh weren't able to make JV varsity and i was doing the same on the boys and the girls side so i was coaching all types of teams when i first began okay and uh that that's what pushed me into the into the field and that was early 2000 wow. we're looking at 2003 2004 yeah. And then just skyrocketed from there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it it's uh it takes time. Yeah. But you know, I guess everyone when you get to certain parts in your career, people look at you as an overnight success. And, no, yeah, for sure. Uh, those are those are long hours. 
Yeah, I know. No one sees behind the scenes, right? Everyone sees the title and up close and personal stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. Um, so talking about coaching, I know you said that you're an educator too and maintain and like to build relationships with your players and um, coaching staff and everyone who works around you. But what's that coaching lifestyle like for everyone who's not a coach? Say, say that last part one more time. I said, um, what's coaching the coaching lifestyle like for everyone who's not a coach or doesn't know the background of it? What goes into oh. coaching? Um, you're you're managing egos. Um, okay. You're managing egos, and um, I think you don't have work hours, and so mm-hmm. your 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 workload is kind of it, it breaks down into different shifts, uh, long hours odd hours and surprise hours (laughs) and as you navigate through that you'll understand that um part of what you're doing is motivating and uh guiding mentoring your student athletes uh off the court Mm -hmm. you know so when you're talking about the difference between being disciplined and touching a line in sprints. Um, there's a discipline that comes with you touching every line. Mm-hmm. And it's the same discipline that's applied or applicable in their off-the-court life. And so what you're trying to do is enhance their, uh, their, into, their intellectual capabilities, and you're trying to tap into them being good people. And so you're trying to create a well-rounded person the vehicle is just done through through basketball, mm-hmm. right? And so um, you're teaching life skills. You're teaching self-management. You're, you're getting into a lot of different things. And so with this level, when you're trying to duplicate success, like, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the bottom line is for you to win games. Right. So how do you create that buy-in? You have to create a culture that's cultivated in – uh, teamwork and leadership. Yeah. So when I'm talking about self-management, you know, the first person anybody's going to lead when they get up or whatever they're doing today is going to be themselves. So for me with them, it's about how they uh, deal with their energy and their time and how do they take care of their mind? What's their attitudes like? Um, you know, what, What's our environment? Do yeah. they exercise outside of uh, the program? And then what's their emotions like, mm-hmm. right? Because that ties into yeah, their attitude. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. you, you have so many boxes um, yeah. that you're checking off, and then you have to find a way to help them navigate through outside distractions, yeah. right? And so um, it, it's your own call. You know, right. you're on call. Yeah, I think every every career has their pros and cons and what you think and, you know, everyone, um, what they want to take on and what they don't. So what lifestyle they want. Right. So, but yeah, that's really, that's really insightful for people to know um, because again, they only see what's happening during the game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> it's an not... easy call. They're all, they're all looking at the, uh, the game. Yeah, the scoreboard. That has all of the answers. Yeah. The scoreboard doesn't have any thoughts. Right, right. So if you're getting beat, 
You know, they only go off of that. They don't go off of like uh, what I like to call invisible wins. Mm-hmm. Um, invisible wins is when you're in the community and yeah. your 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 players are tangible, right? And they do things regardless of you because you've already set the plan in motion for them to be givers and for them to get out and assist other people when they're in their times of need. Mm-hmm. So for me in a program, you're going to have X amount of wins, uh, X amount of visible wins that the program will be able to stand on. That's how you build the foundation for you to be able to have that buy-in on the court. But it stems from us being able to get out to the communities, participate, um, uh, and, and find ways and yeah. then and, and create ways. So I think that's, you know, in, in some what we're looking for when we try to build that wholehearted person. Yeah, of course. Well, hey, from what I've heard so far throughout this, I, I think they have a great educator, um, counselor, parent, um, friend, um, coach, because, again, you wear many hats, and I'm sure your players um, appreciate um, you being the head of, head of the team, so that's great to hear. So, um, so you've coached high school um, ball before college, and talk about that transition from when high school um, players go to college. What is that transition like? What's the difference, whether it be the play or the energy? What's the biggest transition? I think the biggest transition is uh, they kind of intertwine when you're not dealing with uh, parents as much. Yeah. Uh, as you were at the high school level and um, at the at the collegiate level, you know, it's it's more of a business. All right. There's this, you know, there's so many pillars that you have to uh, acknowledge and work within. And so, um, you know, you you could play in a conference, but then the NC2A, you're also an NC2A institution. And with that being said, you have different rules, uh, dead mm-hmm. period, um, you know, live period. You need to know uh, every nuance associated with these things because then if you don't, you can be branded a dirty program. And that's hard to overcome at the collegiate level, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so. There's just so many different rules that you have to become aware of. And um, like I said, I think the, the biggest difference is the, the, the business side of it. At the end of the day, you're coaching. You're still teaching basketball. The yeah. Basketball hasn't changed. Um, the speed, the athleticism, uh, those things vary. And uh, they change as players become a little bigger and stronger, mm-hmm. faster, um, and, and a little bit more skilled. You know, uh, the coaching uh, from top to bottom, uh, you, you can take a, a middle-of-the-road type team and a, or a last-place team, and that team is still, <clears throat> excuse me, that team is still well-coached. They just uh, haven't been able to find ways to get over that, that hump. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I would think, you know, for the most part, those are the differences. Um, yeah, you know, I can totally see that because also how you said, um, the business side shifts, 
Um, it's funny how you said the parents aren't that evolved, which is true though, because some can be a little, you know, cuckoo sometimes okay. about their, whether it be game time or, um, practice yeah. or anything like that injuries or the coaches itself. Absolutely. So <laughs> yeah. I could totally I mean, see that. You're, you're still going to have some level of parent involvement right? right. Uh, at the collegiate level. It's just not like, if you send me a message, Hey coach, I want to talk to you about playing time or something that that conversation is not going to happen yeah it's not so much um, freedom <laughs> no no not at this level that conversation is yeah. not being, being right. held it's inappropriate yeah yeah it, this is again but at the high school level you would be you would probably have that conversation yeah um you know because they just those are still kids and at this level right. you're dealing with you're dealing with adults yeah, you're just, of course. You're young adults, but they're still adults, and so you're trying to get them to learn how to um, speak on things they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Hey, coach, I don't understand why I'm not playing much, mm-hmm. and then it's my job and my coaching's job, my coaching staff's job, to articulate those those reasons in a um, understandable manner. Yeah, well, that's great, and also through college, um, you have like the history behind it. So I think there comes a bigger platform with the historian side of it and what fans or people who went there expect. And it's just a different atmosphere all in all, I believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, going forward, what's it, especially now, what's it like coaching during quarantine? What has the schedules been like? What's your day to day? How has it been involved with your team? With a lot of Zoom calls, I, I expect. <laughs> yeah, so um, right now, this is, I think this is, you're, you're coaching in a crisis. Right. And and so, you know, uh, this pandemic doesn't have a calendar year. It doesn't, it doesn't understand or differentiate between fall or winter mm-hmm. and, you know, or, uh, or summer. It doesn't differentiate between the seasons of sports. And so for us, the NC2A has kind of stepped in and said, okay, no recruiting off campus, no recruiting on campus. So everything you do is virtual or, you know, uh, over the phone. Right. So there's a, a, a technology literacy that's associated with everyone being able to come out of this improved. And so our student athletes, have that down they 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 use every platform yeah and so it really comes down to the coach's ability to um adopt that 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 uh 21st century skill set how do you recruit and um you can't actually interact with that player face to face right how do you keep that balance in your program when all you can do is interact with them via social media or Zoom or FaceTime. Mm -hmm. So for me, I've tried to involve psychologists, have them jump in on Zoom. Nice. Try to talk to the players a little bit because it isn't, it's my, it's our program. Right. And I'm concerned about their mental health. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be so many things that come out of this, and I want to make sure that our program comes out of this better. So for me, 
it's just finding ways to make things normal to the best of my abilities. That's a, that's a simple phone call to you. Right. You know, maybe Marlena needs one-on-one time. And then in addition to that call, you're on the Zoom. You know, it's not just, oh, I only communicate with my coach on Zoom. You wouldn't do that on the campus. You wouldn't just mm-hmm. have a practice and then with the team and then leave. You have individual workouts. Mm-hmm. You have different sit-downs. You have different videos. So we're, we're learning how to share uh, share our screens mm-hmm. and, and communicate about video at times. If if it isn't breaking the rule, and I got to say it that way, catch some people from the SU2A <laughs> listening <laughs> on this. Because they have so many rules right. about when you can use video in your Zoom. Yeah. Right? Like, they're, like they are they are on it. Yeah, they're and very so strict. <laughs> anytime it's permissible, we uh, make sure that we utilize those tools. That's great. Well, especially that's great for you to speak speak on that about mental health because I think – a lot of people, you know, it's not as brought up as it may it may seem to be. But that's really great that you're um, worrying about your players' mental health because you know it's a it's we've never had this before. So other people and yeah. other athletes may be taking it differently, whether it be for family or loved ones. So that's really great yeah, that you guys my, have that response. In, in my opinion, that's going to be the biggest hurdle that we're uh, forced to overcome outside of someone getting sick. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, if you're in a basketball program, the assumption is you know how to play basketball. Right. So this isn't about jumping on a video with them to say, hey, let me see what your ball handling looks like. What, what does your shooting look like? Not everyone has a hoop at home. And so not everyone has the same tools. And um, you want to just focus in on things that you can actually control. Yeah, and I feel that one of the things that we can control is being uh, empathetic for this next generation of leaders who are uh, in the trenches and going through this ordeal. Yeah. It's not just the adults, um, you know. It's, it's not just the grown folks who are at home who are hate to tell everybody what to do. Mm-hmm. This is this is about the kids. This is if there isn't ever a time to be a servant leader. Um, this would be it. Yeah, totally. Um, well, that's great to hear what you're doing with your players and with your program overall. Um, I feel like you guys will definitely lead them in the right direction. Um, but going on a positive note, um, you could do before all this happened, what's your favorite thing about coaching? Because I know you, a coach, a coach wears many hats. Like I said, there's sometimes a parent, yeah. counselor, babysitter, friend, um, listener. So it varies. <laughs> um, I think my favorite part of uh, coaching has remained the practices. The practices. Since I started, yeah, the practices, and you can uh, mix in everything. That's your classroom. Yeah. Like we could talk about social uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you can talk about uh, math. You know where you're shooting. You can talk about the angle in equals the angle out. Yeah. Um, you you can tie in pretty much any category uh, if you're smart enough to do so. Right. And so, um, like I said, it's about 
poke at someone's competitive greatness. And so we're able to do all those things in practice, right? Like, yeah. Um, I find out if you, if, if you, I mean, if you haphazardly go through drills, right? Like, then you're most likely that type of person in your day to day life. And so then it's a poke at you to get you out of that. Like, what makes you competitive? What makes you strive for your own greatness, let alone what goes into the team? But, you know, is being able to get into practice. And that's the, the biggest thing that I'm missing right now is yeah. being in the gym with my team practicing. Yeah. And I think you covered it all of, you know, that practice, that classroom feeling where, you know, it's almost like a calm setting because you're surrounded by people who love the game and love what you do and the walls just all come down. So it's like a free spirited therapy session. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, okay. So going forward, um, looking towards the future, going pro, do you plan or do you see yourself coaching pro in the future? Um, you know, I think one of the things um, that I've learned over time is you, you, you focus on um, coaching where you're at. And um, I've had incredible and have incredible mentors in my life. Mm-hmm who have cheered me and who have got me in this point of, uh, or this mindset. You know, when I first began coaching, I was mentored by John Wooden. That's amazing. Um, just from working working different basketball camps, mainly UCLA basketball camps. Uh, I've been mentored and still mentored by George Ravley. And these are Hall of Famers. They're yeah. in relationships with Greg West and Mitch Kupchak. And then... As you look at what they've done in their careers, I don't coach in a rush. I'm not in a hurry. Yeah. Um, I want to enjoy enjoy where I'm at. And so I don't even entertain that. Like my aspirations as a coach, it has shifted. If mm-hmm. you'd asked me that question when I first began coaching, I would have looked you right and I always said, oh, I want to be an NBA coach. Yeah. Yeah. And so as you get older, you have to do research and you look into that. Like, you don't just go from, uh, go right into being a head coach. They have two different sides. They have pro personnel scouts and advanced scouts and regional scouts and yeah. international scouts. Um, and so you have to make yourself an expert at that so you start to understand the language that they speak mm-hmm. um once you do that you can kind of navigate through this profession a little better so my focus has been just on not coaching at a level just being as good as i possibly can be as a coach and yeah. you know um I'm the head coach at Cal State Los Angeles, and that's it has all my attention trying to make that place. Yeah, well, that's great, and you know, I think a lot of people, like you said, if your your younger days back then, you would have been like, "Yes, I want to be this." You would have had like all these lists down and what you want, oh, yeah. what you want to accomplish. But I think the most important thing where everyone says is take it in, appreciate where you're at, and just be present, yeah. and then. Success yeah. will take care of itself. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it does. You just 
just focus on the job you have. Yeah. You do that. Like you said, the rest takes care of itself. You don't you don't have to go looking for a job. That's the caution that I would yield for younger coaches is to be present. Mm-hmm. Like find ways to like be present in whatever you're doing. I know so many guys and girls who want to become head coaches. Well, if that's the case, go become a head coach. That's my advice. Like so that means you can coach an AAU team. Yeah. You can find some ten year olds. You can find some some freshman kids at the high school level, go become their head coach, right? So if that's what you really want to do, if you care about just having that title, then go get that title somewhere. But uh, you you really, truly just want to focus on your individual growth and your understanding of all the nuances that are in the profession and only part of the game. And if you do that, whenever you do become the head coach of – I don't know, the championship winning team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll all understand how how good you are because we'll see the process. We'll understand that, that you took your time and you, and you fine-tuned your coaching, coaching yeah. skills. Yeah. The habits were right. You were disciplined. And you achieved that. So um, no knock for someone that's a, that, that has those aspirations. My my caution is just to take the time and be present wherever it is you're Yeah, and I think overall you basically get respect out of it all. It's showing that blood, sweat, and tears throughout your journey. So, um, But that's yeah, great. Young, younger coach probably wants the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, their mind, their mind hasn't fully grown. <laughs> yeah, they'll figure out about the respect people later. They, they want uh, the money, but I'll just caution them. Yeah. And it'll all take care of itself. Definitely. Okay, so talking about athletes, you're you're in you're on the collegiate level. What do you think about athletes skipping college, whether they're going to the G League or overseas? What do you think about that? Um I don't see an issue with them uh doing that. Um just because you're eighteen or your skill set says Mm-hmm. that you can be a pro or should be a pro. Who am I to say to, I don't know, Zion Williams, that he needs to go to college and play basketball, right? Like, yeah. I think, one, you should all be going to college for an education. Mm-hmm. The basketball part is just the icing on the cake if you're skilled enough to garner uh, the attention of coaches and obtain a collegiate basketball scholarship however we're not mandating this for everybody like all the student body like this isn't uniform right like you have um you think about when people are graduating you have the military on campus or you got to sign up for i can't remember all of the terms but they're like um they are recruiting they're recruiting you to the Mm -hmm. military Right? They're not saying, hey, they're saying we'll give you money towards college later, but <laughs> right now, we'd like for you to join the military. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think there's a bad thing if the G League is sitting at that same table saying, hey, you have a that we'd like to pay for, mm-hmm. and maybe in I'm I'm not an expert at what they're doing. Right, right. Uh, but maybe in that language they'll say, 
we'll have X amount of training for you, for you to go back to school. Or, um, you know, they're just educating that particular group of players because we're not talking about, uh, you know, the majority. We're talking about right. small percentage. A, a handful of, yeah. a very small percentage of highly skilled individuals. And mm-hmm. so if they're that skilled and they're the best of the best in their profession at that particular age or division, then they should have that opportunity to gain, uh, you know, um, to become gainfully employed for their skills and their services. And so I don't see that as a bad thing. I think if you're a college coach and ideally this is going to affect the men's side uh, the most, Mm -hmm. um, then it forces you to keep up your recruiting game. Yeah, definitely. To, 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 to create a, a innovative vision for that student athlete who you're, you know, you now can see with uh, a opponent. You know, there's another, there's something else out there that is saying they can potentially, I won't even say poach the player. They, they have rights to that particular person as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, it just forces everyone to improve upon whatever system it is they're using or, you know, uh, I don't want to say perish, but they're going to struggle. All right. Go back to that 21st century skill set. A lot of people, a lot of, yeah. Yeah. You'll need to adjust. Yeah. You need to adjust and you'll need to adjust quickly. Yeah. A lot of top analysts and everyone, they've been talking about it, whether it be ESPN or, it's all over um, the media when once you know the, those athletes chose to decommit from whether it be UCLA and whether to go to the G League and um, they're talking about oh my god um, coaches or college is college ball will ever be the same um, so yeah a lot of coaches like um, have spoken out and said like no that's a fluke um, college ball will always be the same but you know only time will tell. <laughs> No, absolutely. I mean, you you can't. It's really hard to ask someone who it directly affects or impacts financially. And so, if you go and you talk to um, thirty coaches who are coaching at uh, BCS schools, then I'm sure they're all going to be. It, it, the majority of them are going to not like this because it takes that player out of their program, mm-hmm. right? And if and and if you, obviously if your G League management, this is incredible for your your organization because it helps you grow that brand. Right. Um, you have better players. Um, uh, these players these days have a different following. So yeah. then we're looking at the financial disruption that's going to occur and it's a positive financial disruption and um who would be upset with that at that g league or that nba level uh, i think you got farm systems in major league baseball and uh now the nba has been able to create a better version of their farm system Right, you go from the D League to the G League. The money, the money goes up. It's more appealing, um, and uh, it's it's innovative. Right. right, there's a lot of creativity in that. And 
it took a collaborative effort from the NBA and the G League. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure uh, Papa Ball had something <laughs> to do with poking at this particular player, this giant. Again, they're all, it's, the league is doing great, especially with how you said young players, how their following is much different than it was five, ten years ago. So um, that financial spike of whenever the season does start or whenever that time frame begins, we'll definitely see a peak at it. So that'll be exciting to see in the platform that they're on and what that game does for for that league. So, so going towards, I know we spoke a little bit about this lifestyle we're in right now, um, this quarantine. Um, I talk, I know you talked about how, how you're doing and how your loved ones are, but how have you been dealing with it? I know you talked about your players, but you personally, because, um, you know, coaches, they're so woven into the players and their lifestyle and, you know, communicating with so many people. How have you been dealing with it and who are you quarantining with? Well, I'm with my family. And so um, it, it's, it's a thing for me uh, to stay focused on my uh, flexibility, mm-hmm. meaning the, the difference, because we're all working at home, so understanding the difference between uh, personal time and professional time. Yeah. Like um, being able to uh, go outside, sit on the porch, go in the backyard uh, to conduct a meeting with the team or the staff, um, and then outside of them, being able to still interact with my colleagues, uh, my the, the coaches, whether I'm coaching against them or some of the guys on the uh, men's side, mm-hmm. some of the ladies, whatever, wherever they're coaching at high school level, is finding ways to continue to check up on uh, friends that I have and interact. Right. Um, some, some calls are, are personal calls. So you just, you're talking about... Um, you know, you're having hard-to-heart conversations because of this, this is a struggle, right? And so some days you do really well, and then some days you just absolutely struggle. Um, do, do I get dressed? What do I do? Right, Jump yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's the tricky thing. That, 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 and, and for me, from all of the, the sessions and the listening to, uh, different uh, experts in the field, mm-hmm. right? So, like, for myself, I have a, a mental coach, Dr. Uh, Laura Wild. Okay. And she is the uh, uh, sports mental physician for, and I'm probably messing up her, her title, <laughs> uh, for the L.A. Clippers. And um, we're talking to her all the time. She's trying That's to make great. sure that, I don't get lost in this quest to help other people mm-hmm. and I don't help myself. Yeah. Cause even the helper needs help. So people tend to forget the one who's, um, pretty putting out the, you know, advice and, um, assistance that needs to be received as well. So. Absolutely. So it is a show of strength to say, I'm not doing okay and I need help. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I have good days and I have bad days just from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm fortunate enough to not be sick or uh, yeah. you know to be 
to be healthy. Healthy is wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get up, I, I work out. I have, uh, again, I'm on Zoom. My buddy Ray Donovan is an incredible trainer. He's doing Zoom classes. I just did a Zoom classes. Yeah, a lot of at-home workouts. <laughs> yeah, I just, I get outside and um, I try to do uh, that is, is, you know, throughout the day, I'll go for walks. Um, and then, um, what else am I doing? Um, you know, watching what I eat. Yeah, I know a lot of people, they keep doing like, you know, I have to, I have to stay a schedule or else the next, my friends who see me won't recognize me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it, these things are difficult. No. Yeah. Right? Cause you're surrounded <laughs> by it. So easy. Yes. It's like, okay, I've been sitting for, I need a snack. Um, yeah. And it's dangerous because you know, the snack is in there. No, I know. Um, yeah. And it's like not even it, it, you're like in the same household as it. it's not like you're at work and oh, I want to yeah. eat that when I get home. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, oh, my um, gosh. The focus is on just, again, maintaining uh, the vitality that's needed to just ensure that I come out of this healthier. Yeah. Uh, whether I'm working out, eating properly, um, what do I feed my mind? What am I reading? Uh, what am I considering on my social media? So I like looking at everybody as teammates, and I'll take my time and see what my teammates are posting and uh, try to consume the right things, right? Um, so many good articles out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the last, the last dance is coming to a conclusion I know. tonight. Um, <clears throat> like I say, I need another I, documentary after that documentary. <laughs> I mean, hopefully they're, they're, they're going somewhere with this and there's a buildup. Yeah. Something incredible. But, um, you know, there's just different ways to, like, peak your uh, intellectual appetite. Like, what of are you course. putting on that tray? And then how much of it are you going to consume before uh, you become sick of that, too? So it's just maintaining a, a healthy a healthy diet of all things. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're on the right track of, and you know, it's all about having the right people around you, um, your support system. So that's amazing to hear. Um, so for everyone who doesn't know you on a personal level, cause I know your players and coaching staff and Cal state LA probably know you, but everyone else, I'd like to ask you some gain to know questions about you. Okay. So let's, let's do it. Um, choose another career besides coaching. Well, if I was smart enough, I would have become a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of doctor is there? A diff- is there a um, certain what, like surgeon? What brain surgeon? Heart surgeon? <laughs> I would have went the surgeon route. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good um, favorite food. A favorite food, uh, I would say, it would have to be. You see, I'm dragging it out because I love. <laughs> just about everything oh no but, yeah I, I would i would go to, um, i'm a great guy so i mean i like baked chicken but you know like i like baked food okay but I'm, I, I, I think i could get off great okay okay um favorite tv show hmm 
Anything you binging right now? No, not really. I'm, I'm well, I feel like I'm watching everything. <laughs> you know, I've, I've watched Ozark. I've watched The Wire. Yeah, that's been a popular I've, one. People have caught up with I've that watched, one. I've watched uh, WTF Baron Davis on Hulu. Okay. I've watched a little, uh, but I, I would probably go Kirby Enthusiasm. Kirby Enthusiasm. I'd, okay. I'd give them the nod. Old school, I'm going. Old school. <laughs> yeah, I Martin. Like I'm it. going Martin. Martin, Martin. always <laughs> saves the day. Yeah. Martin always saves the day. <laughs> Definitely. Um, okay, so if you had to choose between In and Out or Chick Fil A, which which one are you going with? Mm, I feel like I'm supposed to say In and Out. <laughs> I, I just I just feel like I'm supposed to say In and Out. Yeah, it's only on the West Coast, so be careful about that. <laughs> yeah, I just I got some friends that are diehards, and they're oh. at other place. <laughs> I feel like my phone's going to be ringing. Yeah. I'm going to go in and out. In <laughs> okay. And out. Um, favorite fries. Do you have a favorite fries between any fast food? Canes, in and out like, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, favorite fries? Favorite fries. Um, you know, uh, and it's like these, these are the questions you, you got over there. Favorite fries. Um... I'm gonna go fat burgers, sweet potato fries. Okay, that's that hasn't been brought up, but a lot of people have gone with McDonald's just because you know that saltiness or those waffle fries from Chick Fil A. So okay, okay, something new. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, dogs or cats? What was that question? Dogs or cats? What kind of? What do you prefer? Oh, I prefer dogs. I thought you were gonna say no, none, no pets. <laughs> uh, do you have any dogs? We have a dog and a cat. Okay, so My you're a little com- combo of both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you enjoy Do you enjoy staying indoors or going outdoors? Outdoors. Outdoors. Yeah, yeah. I'm a hiker. I like hiking. I like walking. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I saw. Like, and, are you are you able to hike where you're at right now? Have they opened up some stuff? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm in South LA, so oh, okay. There's a part of that takes us like up different hills. Yeah. Uh, like in, uh, I guess this is like View Park, Windsor area. So mm-hmm. I'll just I'll I'll destroy these hills. So <laughs> there um, you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Netflix or Hulu, which one? Which one are you tuning into? Neither one of them are paying me, so oh. <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna hold off on that. <laughs> You're doing the live TV. You do <laughs> the channel news stations. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm on Spectrum. <laughs> yeah, Spectrum. There you go. <laughs> oh my gosh, Instagram or Twitter? Ooh. This one gets this question gets to everyone because they're like, which one do I go on more? <laughs> yeah, uh, I would go, I would go Instagram. Instagram, yeah. Twitter is like yeah, a news, I would go. like where everyone has their thoughts and everything, right? <laughs> yeah, and it and it limits it limit what you can say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. In yeah. One bite. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so. 
So you chose Instagram. So if you were to choose one person to follow you on Instagram, who would it be? Anyone? Anyone. <laughs> choose wisely. You never know. They might be listening. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, the Kardashians. All of them? You have to pick one. Which one? Whatever one is most popular. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Probably Kim. Kim Kardashian then. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Well, just stay tuned. She may reach out on DM or something, so be on the lookout for that. <laughs> I ain't getting, I'm, not, I'm not getting in that, that <laughs> <deal>. <laughs> Okay. Um, if you were to choose a WNBA player um, you'd like to coach, who would it be? Mm, that's so many. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to the WNBA champion mm-hmm. and former all-star that I have on my coaching staff, Gia Perkins. Uh, I, would, I, would, I would pick her any day. Okay. Uh, Special love, bond. Uh, yeah, that was like that's one of my best friends. So I would I would probably pick like Maya Moore. Want her to come back? Yeah. Um, Diana Taraji would be fun because she obviously just does her own thing. Yeah, the white mamba. Um, <laughs> I love I love Aja Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible, just so versatile. I okay. can go old school. But I'm, I'm gonna leave it like that. I'm gonna leave it like that. <laughs> okay. Well, you you definitely shouted out a few greats. So <laughs> kudos to kudos to all of them. They're again great talent. Um, okay. So when is when this is all said and done? Um, one place you or on your bucket list, one place you'd like to vacation. Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Uh, anything along anything along the coast. Okay, coast guy. You got to be around yeah, the tropics. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed that. So, okay. So, it's a good time to get a reset. Yeah. Okay. Um, secret talent. Do you have a secret talent we need to know about? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I mean, I get hit with all kinds of stuff. People talk to me about motivation speaking. Okay. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see that. That's a, That's definitely a talent. Getting everyone's attention like that. Yeah, I don't have I don't have problems like getting in. Okay, no juggling. I'm, and I'm yeah, no, no juggling. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. Juggling other people's personality. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. In the object. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, one thing on your bucket list. I think just traveling. I want to Traveling. Go to Spain. I want to go to Africa. Yeah. And, you know, some things I want to do. So they're on the bucket list. Yeah. Travel. Well, I have the same bucket list as you. I'd love to travel to those places and see safaris and everything like that. So even the Absolutely. cultures, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, you succeeded. I'm so happy you were on this podcast um, with me and. Uh, lastly, what do you want to tell all your Cal State LA fans out there? Um, I just want them to know that at a difficult time like this, um, there are people that are praying for them 
and mm-hmm. who uh, care immensely about their well-being and uh, their health. Well, that's great. I'm sure, like you said, a lot of people are thinking about them um, in the Cal State LA family. So, but again, thank you so much for your time. I had a blast. I hope you had a blast. Absolutely. It was really great to talk to you again. Thank you. And hopefully we meet in the future since we're not far away and do this again face to face and see some great games and um, hopefully get a time back to where it was normal again, right? Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, head coach Torino Johnson, everyone. Um, Again, he's the Cal State LA, so be on the lookout, LA natives. He's coming. He's a successful coach. Don't mess with him or else he'll take you down. (laughs) But thank you so much. much. It was a pleasure and talk to you soon, okay? Take care. Absolutely. Okay, guys. Well, that was head coach Torino Johnson. I hope you enjoyed and everyone continue to stay safe out there. And again, you're listening to Hoop Waves with Marlena. Bye, guys.